Welcome to the Particularly Packers podcast. Listen in as Bob Dog travels around the football universe in hopes of understanding the madness that we love about the league, particularly the Green Bay Packers. The journey begins now. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, baby. What's up, everybody? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Oh, man, life is good for me. I hope it's good for you. I could sit here and tell you how much I appreciate everybody for tuning in to On Blue in the Face, but I'm going to save me the breath and save you the time. So today we celebrate the firing of Joe Barry. I've been screaming it for three years on this podcast. Ever since the day he was hired, it was a mistake. Um, I definitely did not like his background. I've always seen him as the Detroit Lion that he once was and will forever be in my eyes. It's hard to unsee somebody from one of our rival team's jerseys. So I had that biasness going in. I will admit it. But I looked very hardly at his resume that had a mediocre average at best i would say his 10th ranked defense that i think our defense ended up finishing this year is right right probably amongst one of his highest you know um defenses that's about what on a higher end of his average and that's what you expect to get out of him um and we were lucky to get that the, the year was not going well in the beginning definitely lit a fire under barry's ass when he knew he was going to get fired partway through the season being asked and you saw him implement a lot more blitzing, a lot more of an aggressive strategy rather than playing it safe, which is his, you know, his motto, amazing character. When I think of uh, Joe Barry, he seems like an amazing guy, somebody I would definitely want to sit down and have a beer with. He's just not somebody I want running my defense, and he doesn't have that killer-be-killed mentality that I've seen. He doesn't have, you know, he always played it safe, and Matt LaFleur is the same way. Matt LaFleur likes to play it safe as well. Um, you see it a lot on the offense. There were definitely a lot of questionable play calls during our loss to, I uh, don't like to talk about them, but San Francisco. Um, and I was having a conversation with some people on X. I don't understand where um, people are under this illusion. Like you can ask any great hire that Matt LaFleur has done up to this point. Everybody names an offensive coach. To me, this is my perspective. I see it very clearly that, um, uh, this offense is ran through Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur completely runs the offense. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I didn't even know that there was a question on in regards to that. Um, that's basically all he's ever done. That's all he, I think he was, should be getting credit, credit for. We have the highest paid special teams coordinator in the game, so you can't give him special teams. Um, our defensive coordinator just got fired because of our failure on defense, so you can't give him any defensive credit. You can't bring in, you can't, <laughs> can't name any, coach that he's brought in on any side of the ball besides offense that has done well. Um, and I think the offensive side is where Matt LaFleur flourishes. I think that he's a very good, if not borderline great offensive coordinator, but for sure he's a good offensive coordinator. I'm not going to, you know, there's no, no, Hey, I go credit where do good offensive coordinator. He is not a good head coach. It's very, you know, it's shined through It's definitely to me. It's a very apparent. I think that the players were definitely losing, you know, the locker room was, very outspoken. Um, Devondre Campbell, you know, he didn't want to play. You saw McDuffie go down. He came in for the team playing for one another. Uh, as Rashawn Gary said himself, we're playing for each other. Um, he didn't care about the Joe Barry talk. He didn't care about none of that. They were just playing for each other. It was very apparent. It was awesome to see. And there was a complete lack of leadership. You saw that with Jahir Alexander when he walked out as captain. He put out a tweet today saying, you know, he was happy as a Packers fan, you know, as a he loved the Packers, blah, 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 but it looks like he's going a different direction. I'll be honest, uh, not something that I wanted to see, but just very disappointing. 
especially as a big collector of his. I've always loved Jahir since he came in the game, but I can't blame him looking at this coaching staff. It's a bunch of soft-ass fools, and that's not what Jahir is about. Jahir is about, you know, all the defensive guys are very disappointed. They're, they're just, there's no leader in any of there. But, you know, Aaron Jones tries to step up as a running back, and I know he does his part with the offense. Jordan Love, he'll do what he can with the offense, but there's no respect for Matt LaFleur in that locker room. And maybe that's just my perspective of it. That's what I see across the thing. He's never demanded respect from anything but an offense. And it's become very apparent over the last couple of years. So everybody can see it their own way. They definitely will. But if, as the, you know, a post today went on about what his success was, all of his success is claimed to be on the offensive side. Unfortunately for a head coach, if you're basing all your success on the offense, you failed because there are three phases to this game. You have offense, defense, and special teams. You clearly failed on the defense, which is why your defensive coordinator is gone, and your special teams coordinator, highest paid in the league, just got like 22nd or something ranked special team in the league. So I don't understand the math, especially when we lost starters on special teams like Eric Stokes. It's not like he's short of um, pieces on his chessboard. He definitely has the pieces in place. It's just a uh, uh, very questionable. We definitely have Nixon back there who was, you know, sat on the bench for a year with Amari Rogers. I have no issues with that because I was a big Amari Rogers fan. I felt that he was underutilized just due to Aaron Rodgers' mistrust and his want for Randall Cobb. So when um, Amari Rogers should have been developing, instead we brought in Randall Cobb on his, you know, last year, that veteran bullshit that, you know, Aaron Rodgers pulled and we wasted a year of Amari Rodgers' development. That was a all horrible situation, so I just feel bad for Amari Rogers. Definitely had high hopes for him. Nothing but the best of wishes. I also have some auto um, signature cards around here. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? A little biasness in there for investment purposes, but it was tough to see him go. With that being said, um, Rich has done nothing but, you know, got, like I said, 20th ranked special teams. He's not, you know, prevailing, not doing anything super over the top, and, uh, for being the highest paid, I don't understand how Matt LaFleur would take any credit on the special team side. You can't. There's nothing on the defensive side to take credit for. Ultimately, we saw what Joe Barry did at the end, but he has all the knowledge and the ability to do that. He just doesn't do it consistently. Um, Matt LaFleur can try to take credit if he wants to. Maybe somebody can give that to him, but it's been very apparent that Matt LaFleur is a great, possibly great offensive coordinator. I'm not going to, you know, not going to take that away from him, but the rest of the team, I don't know, folks. Maybe you'll see success where I don't. Maybe you have higher hopes than I do with him. Um, I've seen the way that he handles just timeouts, and I've seen the way that he handles post, uh, you know, conferences when he was, what was it, after halftime when he was questioning everything about the players. And then uh, after the game, the very next day, it was all, oh, it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. But it's like, nah, man, in the moment, you speak what you're doing. I know you play the blame game. So it's just a leadership thing. I definitely, you know, have a different view on leadership especially as a quarterback situation or offensive situation I always think that the you know quarterback 100% like when the quarterback's like that's on me that's on me unless it hits him dead in the chest and even then hey maybe I could have taken a little off of it and I just always start with the man in the mirror it seems like Matt LaFleur is not that type of leader or you know person he definitely plays the blame game and then he'll go back reflect on it and say you know maybe I should take this upon my shoulders because I am the head coach. Uh, I've definitely posted that multiple times, especially right there at the end of the season when um, what we do we messed up before halftime and we threw the the ball inbounds but out of bounds and it was all blame blame and you know when he went out for his interview at the halftime and it was oh I can't Jordan Love and it, failure to execute failure to execute and the very next day you listen to his 
conference and he's well yeah it's on me it's all on me as a coach i should you know and it, it's like yeah it's it, that's what it should have been the initial time but when you speak and you're hot like that that's how you actually feel and then when you go back that's you know he knows what he should say and we we listen to what he did say um, when it comes to that i'm gonna say the same thing what he said about you know anders carlson um, i know we did hire another kicker but what he said about just Praying every time Anders goes out there, that's wrong. That was wrong that that got out there to the media. Even Matt LaFleur took, you know, he could have avoided it and said it never happened, but he did say he just didn't like the way that that was portrayed to the media. But he did definitely say it. It's not something to joke about. That just shows where the leadership is, the immaturity of, you know, him. You don't hear that type of stuff coming out of Belichick's locker room. You just, it's just the immature. It's who Matt LaFleur is. The dude, he's definitely made a living off of um, Kyle Shanahan's offense and implementing it. A lot of people were just quoting all offensive coaches. For, oh, this guy's done great. This guy's done great. Stenovich has done great. You know, all these people have done great. And it's a, uh, I just, I, I 100% give offensive credit to Matt LaFleur. Because if you don't give the offensive credit to Matt LaFleur, there's nothing else to give him. You know, and just, that's just the way that it goes. You can sit, wait all day for another answer, but go ahead and look at the Twitter tweet. Go down it. Nothing but offense. I'm telling you, man. There's nothing else to for him to be proud of. If he is hanging his hat on something, I don't know what the hell it is because we have so much talent and potential. When I kept hearing rebuilding year, rebuilding year, I'm like, there ain't nothing rebuilding about this defense. That's, that's one hell of a defense, except, especially if Jahir and Eric Stokes were healthy all year. That defense is not rebuilding. That is a stout defense with the ability to, and it should the potential to be top 10 at least all day. I mean, that, that we had an amazing defense this year. Um, definitely made some poor decisions at safety. I wish we still would have had some different, you know, some different people back there. I thought Owens is not the answer. Um, I'm not sure how he, you know, earned that position and got back there. Um, I believe Ford was out with an injury. So it was just a failure on personnel part when it came to the safety department. I can't say we were pretty weak there. I thought Devondre Campbell played pretty well. Um, I think that he is possibly out of Green Bay also, especially with his Twitter tweets and not playing, you know, healthy, not healthy for these guys because they just blame and blah, blah, blah. I think that that call out will probably be taken to heart along with the Jahir Alexander thing. Maybe Jahiro requested a trade, which I've already said before. And um, as soon as he pulled that captain stunt, that's tough, man. I love Jair. I have so many of his rookie cards. I got all his, you know, I got jerseys of him. I got, I've been a Jair fan since the day he was drafted. I was the first person wearing his jersey when they played against the Rams, and I was just yelling his name through the whole stat. I think he got like six huge tackles that day or just pass breakups. He was going wild. It was amazing to see. Oh, man, it's going to be hard to watch him go. Um, Damn, that's heartbreaking, but. Joe Barry's gone, so we can all celebrate about that. That's one thing for sure. Um, hopefully, Matt LaFleur doesn't bring in another one of his buddies. Hopefully, he brings in the most qualified person for the job. I don't I don't care who it is, man, woman, alien. It could be a dog for all I care. If it's the most qualified person, bring him in. I don't care about your history with him. I don't care if he's your homeboy. I don't care if he's dating your sister. We don't need that Jerry Jones stuff in the building. We don't care about that. Just bring the most qualified person in, man. It's it's sad, man, and don't give them a big ass payday like Rich when they, you know, all they're doing is special teams, and they ain't even doing a great job at that. So, I just question all things. You know what I mean? For those that have even read the good book, it told me to do so, and I'm not even a big religious person. I've just read the book. You know what I'm saying? So, love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Hopefully, that uh, clarifies things as far as any um, what the hell's going on with me, and just listening to man. 
I'm, I'm listening to everybody's side, but all I'll keep pointing at is the offense. Offense, 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 offense. Let's give Matt LaFleur the credit. Where do the dude runs the offense? If you look like a poor offensive coach and you're under Matt LaFleur's offense, you are truly failing. Um, Cause all you got to do is implement what he's telling you. I mean, Matt LaFleur runs the offense. He's, he has for years since the day he got in the league. That's what he was known for. Offense, offense, offense. What's he going to fix the offense. Um, so I don't understand the illusion that he's done anything successfully on the defense or done anything successfully on the special teams. Um, but maybe, maybe, Hey, maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm off. I'll listen. I'll definitely listen. Um, I definitely, but Hey, if you got to question his leadership ability. He never displayed it before his time as a head coach in green Bay. Clearly, if we would have lost, you know, two or three of those games there at the end, We'd have a completely different discussion if we missed the playoffs, especially if we were close to that losing record, which we were. Um, it would be a completely different discussion for the right reasons, too. Um, I'm glad that the players did band together. I'm glad that somebody in that locker room stepped up, whether it was Rashawn Gary or who it actually was, because he's pretty vocal. But somebody definitely stepped up, took you know, took charge, and just bonded the guy. You saw everybody just bond um, on the offensive side and on the defensive side, and it was amazing to watch. We can call it player development. We can give all the coaches the credit all we wanted, but we really got to ask those players if you wanted to, the truth of the matter. This coach has done the same thing all year. Maybe they adjusted something. But, um, yeah, there was definitely a chemistry change there at the end. It felt like magic, folks. I, I felt that magic. I was really starting to get the hopes up, too, because it was just that magic that a team gets, and it, it's, it's awesome to see. It is amazing, and it's very rare. You know, we, we see it in teams. See it right now in Detroit, as, as hard as it is for me to say. Um, I really do hope that they go in and beat the 49ers. And that's even more difficult to say, cause you know how much we hate the lions. They definitely don't like the lions. So I hate the 49ers even more. Definitely had some physical violence against some of their fans down here in uh, Southern California. I do not like 49er fans whatsoever. Definitely putazos on site with a lot of them and, uh, chiefs versus Ravens. That's a tough one. I, I really do root for Lamar Jackson. I have some Isaiah likely, um, autos here. I've definitely got some Rashawn Bateman autos. I got two. I got one of fours and I got two of them. So I got two of the four. I need, do need the other two so I can complete that. But, um, I got a lot of money in Nick Bolton too. So I can't, can't, can't sway from that, you know, that direction as well. Definitely going for the chiefs in that one. Cause I have a lot more money in Nick Bolton rooting for him 100%. And, uh, Let's go, man. Let's. It's going to be one hell of a game. That one's going to be tough. That one's going to be at heart, but I'm rooting for the Lions 100%. I cannot root for the 49ers after what they've done to us, but I do love what Kyle Shanahan has accomplished. I think that he's done very well and produced, especially with Brock Purdy. It almost, you know, it reminds me of what his dad was able to accomplish with RG3, and it just really makes me, you know, curious when I think back to that injury, if it was the injury that fell off or if it was just the, the scheme or the play, you know, I don't, I don't understand that injury was huge in that playoff games and went off to lose. And, um, next season came back. It was never the same. I believe he even missed part of the season when he did get it. He just never got back on track. RG three was never the same. Most people will blame that injury. Um, he never looked the same, at least on tape. You'd have to ask him, those are tough, man. I remember those years. I remember Kyle Shanahan was back over there. He definitely, they bounced over there with Atlanta when Atlanta had the biggest blowout upset in uh, Super Bowl history against the New England Patriots. That was where Matt LaFleur was there as well um, with Kyle Shanahan, I believe. And, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has been successful in implementing offenses. All Matt LaFleur did was win in, copy, cut, you know, 
copy, paste right over on over, implemented the same offense as we saw this weekend with the red zone pipe, red zone. Um, what is that? What is that percentages, but red zone efficiency, uh, the red zone efficiency against the Cowboys was amazing. What we were like four and oh, we were just killing it in the red zone, uh, against, you know, a coaching staff that didn't know Matt LaFleur's offense. We happened to go over to 49ers and it was a completely different ball game. We could not, could not, you know, when that field gets small, that's when it, all the details really come into play and they just couldn't figure it out. Um, they went multiple, I mean, I think we were like zero and three, O of three red zone trips in the first half, but we just couldn't, you know, couldn't get in the end zone. When that field got small and it really came down to scheming guys open, it just couldn't happen. We couldn't make it, couldn't, you know, that's where, uh, just had to bow to Poppy, I guess, in Matt LaFleur's sake. And he, he, get, he did start out fast. We definitely started out quickly, started with the lead, had a couple comebacks, but I just felt that we were out coached there in the end. Poor use of timeouts. I would have liked to have Jordan Love not have all that pressure on his so- shoulders being, you know, within 30 seconds and trying to get it downfield. I would have liked for him to have over a minute to start that, you know, and it was, it was a, very questionable, very questionable. So we'll see. Um, I'm not going to sit here and waste too much time, dwell on it too much. Y'all have known how I felt about this man um, since the day he was hired. Nothing against him on a personal level. I've seen nothing but respect, respectful stuff from him except for his avoidance of responsibility. Um, but then he does come back, double down on it the very next day. I always thought that was very a man's actions speak louder. You know what I mean? I, I see, I see the real, I see the real, but I do understand he's inside a public image. He comes back and corrects it in the correct manner. Um, like the way he was talking about, you know, Anders Carlson, that's, that's not right. You should never hear that about your kicker. Um, the fact that he came out and manned up to it, I respect that. But the fact that it ever came out of his mouth is just, it's not the championship way, especially going into the playoffs. You're just feeding in whatever's in that kicker's head is even more in his head. And it's, it's just pathetic. It's really pathetic as a leader. Um, which I don't think he's really expressed or qualifies to even be called one at this point. So hopefully the Packers make the playoffs next year. Um, I would really love to see success out of them, but if the Packers don't make the playoffs, y'all are going to be looking back like, man, maybe that dude was right, man, because hopefully they can keep developing because at this point um, it's all on Jordan Love. If if Jordan Love doesn't work out, they're going to call Jordan Love the failure, but eventually they're going to figure out that, Special teams hasn't come together. Defense hasn't come together. The offense is still clicking, you know, for the most part. But when it comes to game management, we're still failing, which head coach, that's what you're responsible for. Game management and overseeing of all, you know, all things. He's been over in the offensive room. He'll tell you he's over there implementing an offense. He'll tell you. I don't hear anything different in the, you know, interviews. He started saying, well, I need to get more involved in the defense. I'm going to have to be over there when the Joe Barry discussion started occurring. But prior to that, that's offense is what he does. So giving all his offensive coaches credit for me is difficult because you're under Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur is running it. I mean, that's Poppy right there. So, yes, they're all doing a decent job. They're all doing what he tells them to do. To me, at that point, it's difficult to give him credit unless he had it fanned out and it seemed like let's just take – Nathaniel Hackett, you know, look at what he's done going off and over Wanders. I mean, people talking about him coming back, but hey, it's uh, Stenovich, what he's doing. So I, I that's I don't want to take nothing away from that man. Um, what whatever's going on on the offensive side is working. It's magical. It's successful. I, I'll give him that one hundred percent. Just as a head coach, I, I have a lot more. I expect a lot more from you than a successful offense. Um, and it's hard for me to give any of the offensive coaches credit when I know Matt LaFleur is over there the entire time. So 
it, it's it's difficult, folks, but I hope that this is maybe you got something on the other ends that looks successful, but to me, it's all offense, offense, offense. Well, like it or not, that's how I see it, but I am welcome to stats. Hit me with the statistics. Um, I, you know, your opinion will matter as much as your opinion matters, but from what I see, that's, you know, statistically speaking, the only thing really successful under him has been the offense and uh, that we, we need more from a head coach, make him an offensive coordinator if that's what you want, um, and bring in an actual leader. So that's all I got to say on that one. I'm going to check out if I have anything else, any more news to report for you. You know I'll be here. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all, and I'm out. You have been listening to the Particularly Packers podcast. Please follow us on social media, and please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening, and as always, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!